Longhorn Nation, we're back! Social media and Twitter is what's destroying this country anyway. So that's how I feel about it, from politics to sports to whatever. It gives people a platform to bitch, and then other people are like needling it, and they're sitting at home, and they're late on a payment. We're David, <laughs> they're Goliath, and we, we go out there and play. Why not us? Like, think about that. Who played in 2019? Who played in 2020? Why not Texas Tech? Well, I was reading the, the game notes that said, that your offensive line had a missed assignment. Pretty good. Uh, where, the, where the hell that come from? I don't know. I don't read the notes. Sorry, but but I, I don't know if that's accurate. One guy, one person in the history of this program that's bigger than the program. What is up? Welcome to the Big 12 Takeover Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Tyler Davis, and I'm joined by my good friend, former college football teammate, Donnell Davis down in Houston, Texas. What's up, man? What's up, Tyler? Nice to nice to join today. Uh, I'm ready to get this started. And you know, Houston, we love it down here. So <laughs> you're uh, we both live in Big Twelve country, so it's kind of nice to get to talk about it finally. Right, right. But you know, I only support the Longhorns. So <laughs> hey, here we go. <laughs> well, well, good for us. This one's about Baylor, a uh, team I I truly like. Um, I I visited there out of high school. I loved it. Um, so I am a Baylor fan. I will keep my bias out of this, I promise. Um, I won't say anything crazy just because I'm a Baylor fan. Um, but before we dig into that, I want to get into some housekeeping um, and kind of tell you guys where you can find our show, other shows. Um, we are part of the Takeover Sports Network on YouTube. Um, so please go over there, like, like all the videos, subscribe to the channel, be sure to follow along, turn on those notifications so you can find us. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at the Big 12 Takeover um, where we'll be updating you guys on upcoming shows, kind of things throughout the week, some news, um, as well as follow Takeover Pods on Twitter. That's the the overarching network um, Twitter account where you can find our SEC show with uh, Blaine Gilmer, Noshawn Moreno, Tavares King. You can find our Big Ten show um, with Donovan and Monty Ball. You can find our Draft Takeover with Josh Taylor. We got all the shows. We got MLB. We got college basketball. We got everything in the works. Um, please, so go over there and support that. Um, and find the show that you love, um, but make sure you're, you're, you're kicking it here with us as well. Um, so before we get into this, I want to introduce ourselves um, because this is our first show. We're, we're kicking this thing off tonight. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to let Donnell introduce himself, kind of tell you a little bit about himself, and then we'll get this thing going. Again, my name is Donnell James Davis. Uh, I'm actually a friend of Tyler. We, <laughs> we, we went to Tabor College together and you you won't believe it, but a lot of times we used to tell people we were cousins, and so <laughs> we had that background. And so I'm hoping we can bring that chemistry to the show together. And uh, but other than that, I'm from Houston, Texas. I love the Texas Longhorns. I love to talk about sports, but I'll try to keep it keep my unbiased opinion away from everything. Uh, I got a lot of spicy takes for you guys, so just make sure you tune in, and I'll let Tyler go ahead and introduce himself. I love it. Yeah, Donnell and I played together. Uh, twenty. I played twenty ten to twenty fourteen. I think Donnell, you were one year after me, right? right. Um, Donnell was a DB. Kid's a stud. Uh, also a heck of a, a kick returner. He doesn't talk about it, but he's a heck of a returner <laughs> as well. Um, I played receiver. I played running back. I played quarterback. I held field goals. I did a little bit. I punted once. Um, Mr. Do it all. I was yeah. I was I was the Tabor College Debo Samuel uh, of today. <laughs> So uh, I kind of just existed in whatever offensive role they needed me for. Um, I also live in Big 12 country. I live here in Wichita, Kansas. Um, I moved here after college, which, you know, I'm crazy for doing it. But my wife's pretty cool, so I figured I'd stick around. Um, I also love to talk football. I mean, Donnell and I used to just kick it back and forth about all kinds of stuff. Donnell does have way spicier takes than I do. Um, but you guys are going to love that. So... Kind of give you guys a rundown of what this show is going to be moving forward. Um, we are going to step through the Big 12. We're going to talk about every team. We're going to talk about their last season, kind of what they're going into this season with for 2022. Um, we're going to talk about spring ball. We're going to cover um, the expansion as that kind of comes to fruition. Um, and then, you know, once the season's rolling, we'll be talking week to week, excuse me, week to week as games go, um, kind of the storylines, things that are happening. 
Um, so we can't wait to really dig into the, the season this fall. Um, but until then, we will have plenty of updates for you, plenty of conversations, plenty of debates. Um, and I can't wait for you guys to join us. Um, so let's go ahead and get into this. Uh, we're going to kind of go through last season for Baylor, kind of look at, you know, what they did right and uh, how they can build on that. So last year, uh, Baylor finished year 12-2. and two. They were 7-2 in the Big 12. Uh, they won the Big 12 championship game against Oklahoma State, which was a, a hell of a game. That game was incredible. Um, I was game. actually watching that with some buddies, and they didn't know I was I was quietly screaming internally as that game was going on because it was just <laughs> nuts, man, that crazy finish there. Um, and then they went on to win the Sugar Bowl against a really good Ole Miss team um, who, unfortunately, Matt Corral got hurt in uh, in that game. And uh, I think that game might look a lot different. If, if Matt Corral plays. Um, I know Baylor was a team that at the end of the year, they were kind of having this weird quarterback shuffle going on uh, because of injury. Um, and I know Donnell talked about earlier before the show, you know, Matt Corral really probably changes the complexion of that game. But I'm curious, I know, do you think Bohannon would have changed the complexion of that game as well? Oh, for sure. I think with Bohannon, uh, Baylor is a more physical football team than what they showed. Uh, they, they usually tend to physically dominate you on defense, which is not heard of from Baylor from back in the day. <laughs> not at all. But, but with Aranda, they dominate. They physically dominate you on defense. But we also saw that carry over to offense with Bohannon and Smith both running down Big 12 defense's throat. So oh, yeah, that that's that's the culture change, and that's what Dave has brought to the team. So I believe with Bohannon, that's actually a more dominant uh physical football team yeah and and you know Bohannon kind of gets this rap for not being a great passer of the football um but I think what we forget is he was a four-star quarterback coming out of high school uh four-star four-star dual threat guy um can do it all and you know he really did bring a physical presence as a runner I mean we saw it in that OU game he dominated on the ground for them I mean he looked unbelievable um and then you talk about Abram Smith uh he kind of brought that that linebacker mentality um, you know, to running the football, which was just pure terror for defenses. I mean, he right. was so fun to watch, and I can't wait to watch him at the next level. I think his game really translates, um, and that's going to bring something great to a good team. He wears you um, Oh, yeah. And so, and so on the heels of this season, you know, they kind of – they extended Dave Aranda through 2029, and that's a huge commitment. Um, I was kind of surprised he signed a deal. You know, that's seven years. Um, that has to be the longest Baylor, contract for a coaching the Big Twelve, right? Currently active, I believe so. It should be because um, it's the newest one signed. I do think that gives them the stability to recruit effectively. Um, having having a coach who signed on for seven more years, I think if I'm a high school player, you know, I'm that's stability. And right. anymore in college football with the transfer portal, stability feels like it doesn't exist. I mean, it's it's hard for high school players to make it. And, and we're going to talk about high school players a little bit later because Baylor really um, built their recruiting class and their incoming players on freshmen this year, which is really interesting compared to everybody else in the conference um, and, and across college football. Um, right. in the, at least in the Power Five, so it's it's really interesting to kind of see how they've um, unfolded this recruiting class. But yeah, through twenty twenty nine, I think it's a good deal. I think Dave Aranda's the guy. Um, you really want to lock him in. You want to pay him as much money as he wants uh, because he did change the culture. And and I kind of wanted to talk about um, kind of the road Baylor has been on um, ever since the Art Bryles thing. Uh, they had Art Bryles. That whole thing kind of blew up and went nuclear. Uh, then Matt Rule, you know, he turned it around, got him good again. And then Aranda got there, and it was the COVID year. And right. in that COVID year, I think they won like four games. They really struggled. Um, they were a mess. They didn't look good at all. And then we got into this past season, you know, in 2021, and they were dominant, man. Like you said, they were physical. You know, they pounded the ball down your throat. Defensively, they were all over the place, which is so different for the Big 12. Um, they they had some really, really good players. Um, and so while we're on the topic of players, I do want to jump over to some outgoing guys from this 2021 team. Um, 
you know, first first player off the off the list for me, Jalen Petre, man. Um, that defense, the back end of that defense, he's kind of like what they call a star. You know, that's what they call right. him in their defense. Um, they're going to miss him. And, you know, you're the defense, you're the DB here. I'm going to let you kind of talk about him and kind of what they're going to miss not having him. With Jalen Petre, you get what you see. Do it all type player. Uh, I mean, he, he sticks his nose in a run. He's jumping screens to tackle receivers behind the line of scrimmage. He's playing the deep ball. He's robbing. He's robbing the hole. That's literally what you need in the Big 12 with how yep. the passing offenses are now. You have to have safeties that can do that. And he can do everything, and he's not afraid to do everything, which you see why he's an All-American safety. It's, his play oh, yeah. speaks for itself. Oh, yeah. And, and he'll, be, you know, he'll be one of those guys in the draft this fall or in April here um, that I'm sure Josh Taylor is going to be talking about over on his show. Um, he's a first or second round guy. Um, from a Big 12 defense, uh, you know, every now and again, you, you had Kenneth Murray a couple of years ago, um, and then you always have D tackles and DNs that go. But seeing a safety go, you know, top of the top of the draft from Baylor, uh, <laughs> I would never have believed that. Um, He's a smart so yeah, guy, Jalen Petre. He is, and He's and I, you know, guy. you said before the show, he's a lot like Tyron Matthew. He's got a little bit of that honey badger in him, um, and he killed yeah. it at the Senior Bowl. He really has done nothing but shoot up draft boards um, with every showing he's gotten to make. So they're really going to feel losing him. They're going to really feel uh, Terrell Bernard as well. I know he was injured um, last year, but when he was playing, man, that dude is a freak at linebacker. He is so good. He's so he fast. He's so MVP strong. At the, did he get the MVP at the in the Sugar Bowl? On defense, uh, he got defensive MVP player. Yeah, I think so. He had like. Crazy Man. amount of tackles that game. He's Crazy insane. Amount. He's he's one of those sideline to sideline backers that any team in the NFL is going to be happy to get. Because um, as you know, as the NFL continues to develop, uh, we watch the linebacker position become more about athletes um, than just sheer, you know, meatheads. And that's been right. a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, next guy I have here, Abram Smith. We've kind of talked about. You know, he's he's a big part of that run game. Uh, they are going to have to fill that hole. They do have, um, you know, Tay McWilliams coming back. He only had 17 touches for 181 yards. And that's you know, that's a lot of – Abram Smith had a lot of carries and a lot of yards, and that's a lot to replace with a guy who only touched the ball, you know, 17 times last year. Um, however, he did have a 10.6-yard average. That speed speed kills, especially in the Big Twelve, as we can as we saw. Mm-hmm. But not yeah. only do you have to replace uh, Abram Smith, you have to replace Tristan Ebner, Ebner, who's yeah. Also, the backup running back. So it's a lot of production yeah. that you that you're going to have to replace at the running back position. Oh yeah, I mean they're replacing. I mean Smith had sixteen hundred, Ebner had seven ninety nine, so eight hundred. I mean you're talking twenty four hundred yards of offense just rushing. Um, for those two guys, that's not including their receiving numbers. Um, you know, Ebner had 285 and two touchdowns. Um, that's that's a lot to replace. I mean, they're going to have to find. Um, you know, Mick Williams is really going to have to step it up. I'm sure they have some freshmen that they're excited about that can maybe step in. Um, and 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 we may get into that in a little bit. Um, but they also have, um, you know, Bohannon. As, as their quarterback, if he, you know, if he wins that job, they have him to kind of help anchor that running game a little bit. Cause they do run that like power spread um, offense that really allows the quarterback to be a part of the running game. And, and we'll talk about that later. Cause we're going to get into this QB battle. That's going to be going on in Waco this spring and fall um, because that, that 10, that will be a big part of it and, and kind of what their identity is as an offense uh, will kind of help decide who might win that job. Um, right. So, you know, we talk about Smith, we talk about Ebner. Let's get another another offensive player, Tyquan Thornton, who uh, just, Ooh. you know, blew the world away at the Combine <laughs> recently. Um, that dude is so explosive. And if I told you, you know, I, I think one of the things about Baylor is people don't think about their receivers – 
um, you know, because they're so run heavy, right? Tyquan right. Thornton had 62 catches for 948 yards, but he had 10 touchdowns. Like the dude's a touchdown machine. He's big. He catches well. He's he's super fast. Obviously, that's right. hard to replace. And I know you have a guy in mind that <laughs> uh, you know, as a Texas fan, uh, you definitely yeah. know all a lot more about him than I do. Um, and and we're going to talk about him later. But they have a freshman coming in, Armani Winfield. I know you like him a lot. I think that can maybe help replace some of that. But they also have R.J. Snead. Um, you know that they're going to have to to replace and. You know, where are they going to find that production? I look at last right. year's numbers, you know, at receiver, and they got, they they don't have a ton of production behind Tyquan Thornton and R.J. Snead. After R.J. Snead, it's Drew Estrada, Ben Sims, uh, Ebner, Drake Dabney, Josh Fleeks. Yeah, I, I mean, they're 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 gonna <laughs> they're gonna have to get some of these young guys playing early. And you know, I I'm curious what you think they'll do without Thornton and Snead? Uh, well, I I actually think they're just going to run the ball a lot more. Uh, but <laughs> I do believe <laughs> it's hard to replace speed such as Thornton had. And I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't think he would run a 4-2, whatever it was. I was thinking more of like Dude, a 4-4 no. guy. Right. 4-2 is insane. And it actually makes sense because I've seen him burn a lot of Texas DBs a few times. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. To do that. Right. Yeah. And so I think just replacing that production is going to be hard to start off. Uh, you're losing four to top five receiving threats on offense with Baylor. So replacing yeah. that is very important. But having four to five offensive linemen come back is very important as well. And that's key because you can start there. That's your foundation. And so yeah. Armani yeah, Wilson, we'll talk losing. about later. Yeah, yeah, because they're only losing Xavier Newman Johnson um, right. on the offensive line, um, who is a good player. He'll be a mid-round pick kind of guy, um, but you know you can you can survive losing one out of your five. Uh, and, and like you said, that is their foundation. That is they they want to run the football. Baylor wants to cram the football down your face. They want to control the clock. They want to keep the ball out of your hands because that's what they're good at doing. And you know they have to find some of these running backs. They have to find receivers because they have to move the ball and stretch the field a little bit to empty that box that's obviously going to fill up um, as they just pound the rock. Um, but also, they may not need to. They, they may be able to just pound the ball down people's throats. It'll be interesting to see you know, what the storyline is coming out of spring ball. I think right. we'll learn. We'll get a lot of our questions about their running game answered in the spring. Um, and the last guy I wanted to talk about here um, going back to the defensive side of the ball, I know we talk a lot about Jalen Petre, and a lot of people talk about him because of how good he is, but a lot of people kind of forget JT Woods over there. Um, he is very good. Um, he's overshadowed by Petre, but JT Woods is a stud. And losing him on that defense, losing Petre, I mean, the back end of that defense is emptied out a little bit. Yep. So they really got to hope that some of these guys, these young guys they've brought in, my favorite, Reggie Bush. He's a he's a corner. Um, you know, they have Devin Bobby from DeSoto, uh, who's a little bit. He, I mean, he's undersized. He's going to have a hard time. Um, you know, they got some guys coming in, but man, they really Baylor did not do a great job of attacking the transfer portal. Um, you know, like they should have, because losing as much on the back end as they are, they really don't have you know, anybody to step in and play right away. Like right. they, I mean, they obviously have some guys that have played and have played some safety, right? They have Christian Morgan who last year had 22 solo tackles, 30 total, um, six pass deflections. So they have some guy like he's their next safety listed, right? right? I mean, looking at their depth chart for who's going to play at safety for them, it's going to be, it looks like Ooh. it's going to be Jerron McVeigh <laughs> and Christian Morgan. Um, and how much experience they, do they have is the, they're is the question. They're both seniors. They're both seniors. Um, McVeigh had 27 total tackles, and Morgan had 30. So they have two dudes. And then, you you know, the drop-off is 75 from Petre, 57 from Woods. Um, McVeigh had two pass breakups, two INTs, and um, Morgan had six pass breakups. Okay. So they've played. 
um, and they've learned from two really good players. But those are two really good players that are going to be tough to replace. Um, I'll be honest, as a Baylor fan, I'm a little concerned about that because they're also losing Kalen Barnes at DB, right. who also ran stupid fast at the combine. Um, and, and I kind of want to talk <laughs> the about whole that team later is fast. at the end of the show. <laughs> the entire team is yeah, fast. Yeah, <laughs> I want to talk about that at the end of the show because it's, it's, that's crazy, right. man. I just don't get it. Something in the water down there. Um, but I'm definitely but I mean, they're losing that. a lot. Yeah, they're losing, losing a lot in their five. secondary. Right. And experience yeah. in the secondary is the biggest thing. You you can't replace experience. So it's just right. you're going to have to live with the growing pains. And hopefully the defensive line, which they're returning a lot of experience, hopefully the defensive line can eliminate some of the uh, mistakes on the back end by getting after the quarterback, which yeah. is something that Baylor does pretty good is getting after the quarterback. So. <laughs> Very good. They they were very good at getting up to the quarterback last year. Um, I mean, their their sack totals were pretty uh, pretty impressive. I'd say. I believe they were. They had forty four sacks um, last year, or something like that. They had. Let me see if I can't pull that real quick. Yeah, they 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 rushed the passer really well, um, and that one that'll lead me into my next topic. Um, and that is the incoming players. Um, I just very quickly wanted to talk about Jackson Player, who was highly sought after in the transfer portal. Um, and you know, earlier I mentioned Baylor didn't attack the transfer portal um, as hard as I thought they would, especially coming off of a Big 12 championship, a Sugar Bowl win. I thought they would really get after it in the transfer portal, um, but they didn't. But the one they got. Jackson Player was one that everybody had their eye on from Tulsa. Dude is a freak, man. I've been watching some tape on him. He is just – like he's one of those dudes, if I was lining up at quarterback and I saw him and we had something set up to run his way, I would immediately check out of it. I'd be like, nah, nah. Because yeah. he's better than most of the guys he lines up across from, if not all of them. Um, and he's going – I think he is going to dominate in the Big 12 – the dude does such a good job of playing with his hands. He keeps people at a, at distance so incredibly well. He's explosive. He's strong. Like he ragdolls people. I mean, the dude is a monster. And he, you know, he's my comp for him. And I know I'm not a draft guy, but my comp for him is Aaron Donald. When I watch him play, I see a lot of Aaron Donald in him. He's so vicious when he plays, he's, man. He's, he's nasty. nasty. He's nasty. He's and what you want in a football. He's gonna player. bring. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He looks like a dude who should be playing for Iowa. Like, those yeah. dudes are just <laughs> disgusting in the trenches at Iowa. Right. He, he reminds me of one of those guys. Um, and I'm excited to see him. I think he's going to bring a lot of nastiness to this D-line, which was already pretty nasty. Um, and I think, you know, for the most part, they got a lot of guys coming back. It's only going to make him better. And like you said, this will definitely, definitely help um, with the back end losing so much. Because like you said, and as you know, as a DB, um, experience kills in the secondary. When you have that, you know, back end kind of camaraderie, it really makes it go. Yeah. Um, your safety is your quarterback on your defense, yeah. and that's pretty much what they're going to lose on the back end. But it can be, it can, it can be a smooth process. It's just going to take time. Yeah. Yep. Well, they. I know you got a guy. Uh, you know, they had a Texas commit. I think he was. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> kind of come over to. To Waco, oh, oh man. this out. I love who in this. their right mind would go to Waco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I you don't have know. Have to be a football junkie to go to Waco, and that's exactly who Armani Armani Winfield is, a yeah. football junkie guy. He's going to be the freshman coming in from Louisville in Texas, freshman receiver. And when I tell you this guy is can run every route in the book, he can. He has solid hands, the thick hands, so he's he's going to catch the football. <laughs> And he, he, he takes everything. He tries to take everything to the house. So he's, he's definitely a player to look out for with Baylor looking yeah. going into next year. Yeah, he's, you know, I, watching a little bit of his tape, he's fast. He's very fast. Um, way faster than he looks. Like when you yeah. watch him move, um, he looks explosive, but he's kind of long. He's 6'2", 200, I think it is. Um, kind of like Thornton. Thornton's pretty long, kind of lanky. Um, and so – you know, I think he will slide in and play immediately because he's going to have to. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, I don't just say he'll play. I think he'll he'll contribute 
very quickly. Um, I am curious to see kind of how he does with this offense because it's not a high pass volume offense. Um, and, you know, he's not going to see as many looks, I think, right away. And so hopefully, you know, his mental is there where he's able to, you know, weather those first few games um, before, you know, he starts to have a meltdown. Because I know as a receiver, <laughs> it can get really frustrating playing in a running right. offense. Um, well, I did the it. Thing. Uh, but yeah, here's this the thing is... with Baylor. They're, they have to replace four of their five receiving uh, targets. And with him having a hedge, <laughs> yeah. head start, he's already on campus. As we saw before the show, he made uh, back on February 22nd, he was the wide receiver uh, weightlifter of the week. So, I mean, it's yeah. just it's just things like that that build on top of him, and I think he can build on top of that. And that, to me, tells me that he's not playing games because a true freshman coming in, being that strong, you know, stronger than yeah. other wide receivers in the room. What are, y- yeah. what are the other receivers doing? <laughs> but maybe the question yeah, you need right. to ask, what are y'all doing? <laughs> <laughs> right, and, and I, I agree because, you know, I look at the depth chart and – their, their top two receivers, one is a redshirt senior, so a fifth-year guy, Jackson, uh, Jackson Gleason. And then you got Hal Presley, who's a redshirt freshman. And then their slot guy is Josh Fleeks. Um, and that's it. They're depth play right after away. that. Yeah. He'll play right Armani away. Armani Winfield <laughs> slots in you know, where Hal Presley is, I imagine. He's got to take that spot. I mean, he's, gonna come, he's a four-star wideout. He was committed to Texas. Now he's at Baylor. He should play right away. Um, yep. And Aranda knows this, I'm sure. And they're going to slot him in, and they're going to get him the ball, and he's going to be dynamic, and or he's going to flounder. But honestly, watching his tape, kind of hearing, you know, weightlifter of the week, he's already on campus early. I do think he gets in right away, and I do think he contributes right away, like you said. Um, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Kind of looking back through here, um, I, I, there was one other guy I wanted to mention. Devin Bobby from DeSoto. This is one of the safeties they're bringing in. Um, I'm very curious because we talked about safeties earlier. He's not going to play right away. He's undersized. Um, but DeSoto puts dudes in schools, and a lot of times those DeSoto guys end up being really good. And so I kind of am very, very curious to see what happens with him. The other DB I'll mention, and it's only it's simply because of his name because I have to – I have to be goofy, and I have to mention his name's Reggie Bush. Uh, so if he's not good, he's failed all of us, and it's it's a sad day. Um, but no, as far as incoming outgoing players go, I think the you know the big ones they're losing they're losing way more than they're gaining, and so I think they will uh, have a hard time. And and we're gonna go through their schedule a little in a little bit, um, but I think they're gonna have a hard time dealing with those high powered offenses. Um, that the, that they're going to see in the Big 12 because in the Big 12 points are scored, no matter how good your defense is, teams score points. Texas scored over 50 like three times last year and still lost, like, and still lost. <laughs> right, right. So, like so it's you crazy. Have you have to score in the Big 12, and you have to like Baylor was able to stop people, but they I, they won't be able to do that as effectively this year. And and this is well, here's we're the thing. Talk- this, if Dave Aranda is who we say he is, if he is the culture setter and the culture changer, then just like last year, the next man up. I mean, we saw Smith transfer from linebacker to running back yeah. and have a great season. So, I mean, if players take after their coaches, as, as we both know. Yeah. And so I feel like, hey, if if that culture really changed, then the next man up is going to be something that Baylor relies on and it'll probably work. Oh, 100 percent. 100%. I think you're you're absolutely right. And that's the other thing, too, that we're not even considering is how many guys are going to change positions and how will they contribute that way? Um, and it will learn that, you know, as spring ball starts to pick up. Yep. Um, like, you know, KU's already in spring ball. So Baylor, you know, the rest of the Big 12 teams, they're going to be kicking that off real soon. Um, oh, poor KU. Sad day. Uh, <laughs> so we've covered that. We've talked about the incoming and outgoing. Let's talk about, we talked about Armani, right? Let's talk about who's going to be getting Armani the ball because that is the conversation in Waco uh, this, this spring and fall, like early fall for them. They have, they have themselves a sticky situation, um, and that is Gary Bohannon played most of the year, and Gary Bohannon played really well. Um, he threw for 2,200 yards, 
Um, you know, he didn't turn it over a ton. He rushed for, uh, let's see, he rushed for 323 and nine touchdowns. He threw 18 touchdowns, seven picks. He had a 146.6 rating last year. Ooh. That's a good rating, right? And so you hear that, and that's in, he played in um, most of their games last year. He, he played in all but, I believe, two or three. Um, and the other guy is Blake Shapin. And Blake Shapin was 62 for 86, 596, five touchdowns, no picks, and had a rating of 149.5. I don't really buy into the rating for him because he only played in two or three games, and that's kind of, you know, the, the numbers are so lopsided in that regard. But his completion percentage was 10% higher, um, which is which is kind of hard to ignore. Uh, you can't ignore on, it. Yeah, and on average, he threw his passes a yard shorter. So... This gives Baylor and and you know their their staff um, a little bit of a conver- like a little bit of a, a a troubling situation, right? The offense looks totally different from quarterback to quarterback. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you talk about that because I know you you're a big Bohannon guy, and you talked a little bit about how you know he ran the football and kind of gave them an offensive identity where they just pounded the rock. So. Uh, I'll let you talk about Gary Bohannon, and, and you know what? I'm going to let you make your case for Gary Bohannon. Make your case for Gary Bohannon, and then I'll make my case for Blake Shapin, and we'll go from there. Gary Bohannon is who I – he's just the quarterback that gets your team to the – I don't. I won't say he's going to take them to the next level, but he is the heart and soul of the team. Uh, it reminds me of the situation with uh, Sam Ellinger. You know, mm. he's not a great thrower of the football, but – he gets your team ready to play, you know, and they play for him. Like all the players play for Gary uh, Bohannon. And mm-hmm. I just believe, you know, him being a physical, him being a physical runner on the offensive side of the ball gave Baylor that identity that they needed because you had the two headed monster of Bohannon. And then you had him handing off the ball to Smith. If he didn't hand off the ball to Smith, he could run. But uh, I do understand the argument of Blake Shapin. If you want to get the ball to Armani and kids like that that are going to be at the receiving threats, then that might be your guy because the offense did look completely different with him at the helm. And, I mean, you could just go back to that Oklahoma State game and see how they how they dominated on offense. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's – a, it's, a, it's a question to have. It's a question to have. So what are, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, so, so Jeff Grimes has a little bit of a debacle on his hand or a little bit of a – situation right so i'm a quarterback guy i love quarterbacks um i i love to study them i love to watch them i like to kind of see you know pick their brains uh i'm a psychology major fun fact i, I really like right. to kind of get in the heads of people and so um blake shapen to me and what he brings to this offense is he does make this offense more um receiver friendly um he does he throws it way better I mean, there's there's no other way to put it. He's a better passer than Bohannon. However, I do love what Bohannon brings with his legs. Shapin's not like a, a bad athlete, but he's not Gary Bohannon, right? Gary Bohannon is dynamic with the football in his hands. You know, he he's powerful. He's strong. I mean, we saw it, like I mentioned earlier, in the OU game. He ran all over them. He was unstoppable. Um, it, it's ultimately what ended his season. He ended up, you know, getting hurt. With Blake Shapin at the helm, they're able to throw the football, and I've always felt this way. It is easier to replace running back, or sorry, receivers, than it is to replace running backs. And Baylor is losing so much at running back, so so much at running back. That is part of why I think Blake Shapin will be the guy under center week one for Baylor. Um, again, you look at the completion percentage, right? It's ten percent better. He threw five touchdowns. He didn't turn it over. Um, but here's the interesting thing. He took seven sacks. Gary Bohannon took nine the whole nine. year. Nine. And so that's that's where – Hard to tackle. Know, yeah, he's hard to tackle. He is hard and to tackle. To me, what that tells me is Bohannon knows the offense better. And that's where I think last year he kind of had the leg up. Well, now right. Blake Shapin's been in the system for a year. Blake Shapin knows you know, kind of what what they're looking for. And – you know, Armani was going to want the football. Armani Winfield's going to want the football. 
<laughs> and I'm telling you, Blake Shapin's going to be the guy who's going to get it to him. Um, but Blake Shapin brings more, you know, they're they're more dynamic with Blake Shapin um, to stretch the field. They're they're more able to stretch the field. And here's the other thing, and this is kind of where I've always landed on quarterbacks. Um, with Gary Bohannon, I don't think you have the ability to play from behind. Um, not not like you do with Blake Shapin. And Baylor's going to have, again, we talk about they're losing so much on defense. Baylor's going to play from behind this year. They're going to have to to be, they're going to have to score late. And Shapin gives you a better chance at that than I think Gary Bohannon does. And that's right. my case for Blake Shapin. I just think he's a better passer. I think he, he adds more to them to get the ball down the field. Um, he's more accurate as a passer. Uh, he doesn't turn the ball over as frequently. Not that Bohannon turns it over a lot, but he does turn it over more. Um, and and we saw it in the Big Twelve Championship. They needed him late. He was able to take care of business. Uh, he, you know, he handled his business. Didn't play great against Ole Miss, but he played enough, um, well enough. And he's only going to get better as as time goes on. And and same with Bohannon. Bohannon's going to get better too. Bohannon's thing is he's got to stay healthy, and he's got to become a more accurate passer. And I right. think. You know, I think. How do you do that when you lose all your targets? <laughs> that's, exactly. that's the yeah. thing. That's that's the catch, right? Like, how do you how do you combat that? And but you're losing all your backs too, and right. so that's why I think Blake Shapin will will end up winning the job. Do I think Gary Bohannon plays or starts a game this fall? Absolutely, absolutely. I think Blake Shapin wins the battle. I think Gary Bohannon ends up taking over. Um. And we can and we can kind of go from there. You know, I I say Blake Shapin. I think Donnell, you say Gary Bohannon. Is probably I'm gonna go with Gary because at the end of the season, uh, Aranda he just had so so many great things to say about Bohannon, and I think that he's just the heart and soul of the team. And I think that's who they're gonna start with, unless he has a terrible spring practice. Then yeah, that's the only way. I mean, you you may see Gary Bohannon starting off the year and Blake Shapin coming in, and, just like you saw only- last year. Yep, and I'm on the other side of that. I think Blake Shapin will start the year, and I think Gary Bohannon will end up taking the team towards the end of the season. Um, and so, with that, we are going to jump into their schedule and kind of look at you know their 2022 schedule, kind of how we think things will shake out for them. Pretty soft to start. Yeah, I mean, you you get BYU in Provo to start the year, right? That might be a little tough one. That's a tough game. Um, BYU is is good, and they're going to be in the Big Twelve soon, right? <laughs> We're going to talk about that. So this is a nice little preview for Baylor to kind of see what they're going to see every year. Mm-hmm. So at BYU, um, I'm going to say Baylor loses this game. I don't think Baylor beats BYU in Utah. Um, I think Baylor starts the year zero and one. I think they come out one and zero. Oh, I think Aranda. Okay. I think Aranda has them ready to go that game. Uh, and like you said, if if your boy Blake is starting, then that's a whole different offense that we're going to see. That's and true. The offensive line, I think, will physically dominate. I mean, they're bringing back four out of five. I think they're going to physically dominate BYU. So you and, think they dominate BYU in the trenches? I like that. I, I think you know, offensively they will. I think defensively their their D line will dominate too. That's a good point. Yeah, I think they're um, going to dominate them in the trenches the whole game. Nice. I hope you're right. Um, but I have them losing, so I have them 0-1. You have them 1-0. Uh, then they get a home game against Texas State. We can they're skip win- that, 2-0. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're winning that game. I got them 1-1. You got them 2-0. This 2-0. isn't baseball. This isn't baseball. This is a real sport. This is the NFL. I mean, this is, this is college football. Texas State is going to get smacked by Baylor week two. <laughs> oh, this is a <laughs> – no, not, he didn't say this is a real sport. Oh, my gosh, Don. I had to hear it all day, all day about Texas State beating Texas yesterday in baseball. I, I can't hear it anymore. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, yeah, so I got them 1-1. One one, you got them 2-0. and oh. They're going to Iowa State, Jack Trice Stadium. I So we get to talk about Iowa State next week. Here's my preview for Iowa State. They're replacing the dude who just rewrit their quarterback – record book Brock Purdy who I am a huge fan of I'm a, I get to gush about him next week so they have to replace Brock <laughs> Purdy more importantly Brees they have to replace Brees Hall who fun fact went to high school on the he, his high school is on the same street I live on so I watched Brees Hall play in high school and then I watched him play at Iowa State and now I'm going to go watch him play in the NFL 
and he is going to be a freak. He ran a 4-3. Did, did he play in high school the same way he plays in college? So, dude, Brees Hall, I can't wait to talk about him next week. So, <laughs> Brees Hall was like the dude who, he was so smooth as a player. You'd watch him play, and you'd be like, oh, that guy's pretty good. And then you'd look at, like, the stat sheet, and they'd be like, yeah, he's got six touchdowns and 320 <laughs> yards. And you're like, when? When did that happen? He, he was just so quietly successful in high school. He was so good. He was an All-American. I mean, he went to the All-America right. game um, from Wichita, Kansas, of like all places. I like yeah, he's he's good, man. And you know, Iowa State they continue to get good running backs, um, but I think Baylor goes up there and they win this one. Three zero, um, three zero. I got them at two and one. You got them at three and zero. Then they're at home against Oklahoma State. <laughs> that is where I have them losing their first game. I do too. I I well not their first, but I have them losing this. I have them two and two. Oklahoma State. They are going to be really good again. Yes. Um, the, the only thing that can mess them up is Mike Gundy's mullet. Dude, Mike Gundy's <laughs> mullet. Yes, that thing is uh, legendary. Yeah, I have them 2-2 two and two after the Oklahoma State game. You got them 3-1. and one. Then they're at West Virginia against the Mountaineers. Uh, I got them winning this one. Me too. Um, I got them 3-2. That's a hard yep. place to go and win, but I, I do think Baylor comes out on top of that game. Yeah, it's a long travel, right? Um, and West Virginia had a pretty good recruiting class. I think it's ranked 34th, um, which is pretty high for West Virginia considering how bad they've been. Also, I love their uh, offensive – I think he's their coordinator or QB coach. Um, Graham Harrell is coaching up there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's going to get their quarterback play going because that dude was a freak at Tech. Um, so, yeah, I got them beating West Virginia – I got them at one, two, three, and two. You got them at four and one. Then they're going to good old Lawrence, Kansas. I partied <laughs> there a handful of times. Uh, I got them beating KU. Um, yeah, no contest. Know, four, four and two. I, I look. I think nice KU's, quarterback Daniels. Daniels is a nice quarterback, but yeah. let's be real here. Yeah, this I is think Texas KU, talent versus Kansas talent, and Texas talent is going to take over in this game. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, I like what Leipold's doing in Lawrence. Um, I think KU is going to be a lot better than they have been. Um, but they're still KU, right? Yeah, like, exactly. They're still KU. We could have beat KU when we were at so. <laughs> we, we definitely could have played against them pretty <laughs> tight, I think. I don't know if we'd beat them, but we would definitely play them pretty tight. Well, remember uh, a couple of the receivers from, like, Sterling College went over there and ended up starting there for, like, a year. That's, so definitely that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, we we probably could have played them pretty tough. We we did a pretty good job of controlling the clock when we were in school. Um, so then we go to Texas Tech. Uh, this game's typically a neutral site game in Dallas, um, and this is kind of a rivalry. But I'm going to be honest with you, I got Baylor losing this one. I, this this is always a shutout or a shootout game. Um, it gets nuts, man. They score 40, 50, 60 points no matter who's playing. Um, so I got last them losing the tech. Last year, y'all won that game twenty-four to twenty-seven. I mean, twenty-seven which, to twenty-four, which is crazy, right? You you look back over time, and it's been insane. the The final scores in those games. I mean, it's it's nuts. I remember when Bryce Petty was at Baylor, like when Bryce Petty was oh. the quarterback. The final score was like fifty-two to like forty-eight or some crazy score. Like so many points. It's just a shootout. Too many. No, no longer the case with Baylor. Right. So I have them losing that one. Do you have them winning or losing it? <laughs> New coach at Texas Tech. Joey McGuire. McGuire. Yep. Love him. Love him. I think I think they're he's gonna bring a culture in, but I, I'm not too sure they actually I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with uh Texas Tech. I'm they're gonna be all kind of quesadillas on the field that day. I'm gonna go okay. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Texas Tech with a win over Baylor. Okay. Be so two losses for Baylor for me. So I have them at four and three. You got them at five and two, yeah. right? Right. Then they come to Norman. This is where the, the schedule gets tough for me for them. Yeah, they got some tough games here. Uh, they go to Norman. Um, Brent Venables, OU. Uh, you know, I'm curious to see what OU looks like, but I do think Venables is a great coach. I know he's not been a head coach before, but I do think he's going to have that team rolling. And OU. As a group, as a unit, they they feel like they were done wrong. And when a team feels like they were done wrong, they go into prove-it mode. I think OU stops Baylor in this game. Yeah. I don't think it's close. I think OU kills them. 
Well, I need to know. Well, yeah, I think you're right. I think OU right. kills them. I, I they're gonna they have something to prove. They're gonna score they, a lot of points. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, look, I got Baylor losing a lot of games this year. I that defense lost so much, man. I just don't know. I just don't know. I got him losing yeah. one so far. One, two, three, four games. So they're one, two. I got him four and four. You got him what? Five, five and three. And three. Yep. Five and three. Okay, so Kansas State, I got them winning that one. I think they stomp out Kansas State. They're at home. They come out. They come home pissed off about losing to Oklahoma. Yep. I think I think they stomp out K State. Yeah, I think they beat K State. K State's going to be in a weird place in the quarterback position. I'm uh, not a believer in them at all. <laughs> we'll get to talk about that. TCU, I got them winning this one. This was a game they should have won last year. They should have won the Big Twelve outright. Uh, they lost thirty to twenty eight to TCU in a terrible, terrible game. Um, I got Baylor winning that one. Uh, I got them. You know, they're now sitting at what six and four. I have um, Baylor winning this one as well. Yep. So I got them at uh, six and four. You got them at seven and three. I think the new staff over at TCU they lost Gary Patterson. Yeah, I think that's a big loss. No matter the way you look at it, uh, I think TCU forced them out of there prematurely. Yeah. And I think they're going to feel that this year on defense. And, yeah, I think Baylor beats them at least by two touchdowns. Yeah, I think I think this is the stretch Baylor really gets it going. And then they go to they go to Austin to play Texas. And I already know you and I are going to differ on this. <laughs> um, but I think Baylor has Texas's number. I don't know what it is. Mental. Baylor, Baylor has their number. It, like, they, they play each other, and it's, you know, no matter how bad or good Baylor is, Baylor gives Texas trouble. I got Baylor winning this one to finish the year eight and four. You know how a team looks at another team and they're just mentally before the game, they already lost. Yep. That that is what happens with Baylor in Texas. Yeah. Mentally, Texas loses the game before the game even starts. Yeah. So with that, I, I can agree with your stance, but this year I'm not gonna I'm, <laughs> that's not happening. I knew it was coming. I knew it was Sarkeesian coming. Sarkeesian has us going. Quinn Ewers, he's gonna have it going. And ultimately, I don't even think Quinn Ewers is gonna be the big the big player in any of those games for Texas. I think Bijan Robinson runs, runs and runs Baylor over. But hey, y'all got time to prove it wrong. <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be a, that'll be a fun game to watch the trenches. Um, because that recruiting class that Texas put together for their O-line and D-line is nuts. And I'm excited to watch, you know, Jackson player go up against that line and get after it, right? I, I think that's going to be that's gonna be like the game to watch that week. It wouldn't shock me if, if Texas has a good year. It wouldn't shock me if that's a game day game. It wouldn't shock me if that's the game that decides who goes to the Big 12 championship. Mm. I'm yeah, because you have Baylor winning a lot more games than I do. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it could be that. You know, it depends kind of what everybody else does. Um, right. But yeah, I got them finishing the year eight and four. They're bowl eligible, um, but not getting in the Big Twelve game. Um, I think the you know twenty twenty three will really be the year that Baylor kind of ascends again, like they did last year. Right. Um. So yeah, you got them winning more than I do, which is painful to hear. But mine you know. is probably best case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> and mine is probably worst case scenario. So right. <laughs> with that with that done, you know, we, we I had him eight and four, you had him nine and three. Um you know, I don't think Baylor fights and claws their way back to another Big Twelve title game. They do get a good bowl, um, and I think they'll win their bowl game, because uh, they'll probably play some SEC schlub and beat up on them again this year so very quickly we have we have a couple minutes here i want to talk about the combine and i want to talk about specifically the 40 times from these baylor players right um ridiculous it's it's insane but when you think of baylor back in the day during the art browse area all you thought was speed oh <laughs> so yeah they're just building on top of that and that's one of the questions i have for the baylor team going into next year is how much of that was Matt Rule's recruiting and how mm. much of that was Dave Aranda's culture setting? Right. Yeah, because Matt Rule, I mean, he did it at Temple. He turned them into a good team. Um, and then he did it at Baylor, right? And, it's, you know, how many holdover right. guys did Aranda have? That's a good point. Um, yeah, the speed of, you know, Kalen Barnes set the record for DBs. 
He, an official 4-2-3. Tyquan Thornton, his first run, her second run, sorry, was a 4-2-1 unofficial. What is in the water in Waco? That must be what be attracting people there because nothing else <laughs> must be in Waco Lake. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the water in Waco and that new stadium that I think is pretty freaking cool on the river. Very um, cool, honestly. Yeah, the, the 40 times coming out of Waco, coming out of Baylor are insane. Um, you know, one one last thing before we, we get out of here. Um, Baylor is a school that's turning out NFL talent year over year now. Um, you know, after the Art Bryles debacle, I didn't think they would get back to this point for a while. Matt Rule did a good job of level setting them. Aranda's doing a good job of establishing a culture of yep. winning and, and a culture of excellence that, that they've not had since the whole Bryles debacle. Um, I'm excited to see Baylor in 2023. 2022 will be a tough year for them. Um, and with the expansion, you know, into 2023, 2024, with Texas leaving and OU leaving in 2024, Baylor is in position to become one of the premier teams in this conference. And this is where they lay that foundation. So, um, but without further ado, that is our first show of the Big 12 Takeover podcast. Um, again, I am Tyler Davis. This is my co-host, Donnell Davis. We are going to be here every week. Make sure you tune in. Make sure you follow us over on Twitter at Big 12 Takeover. Make sure you subscribe to the Takeover Sports Network on YouTube. Uh, follow Takeover Pods on Twitter. Um, we're going to be doing Twitter spaces. We're going to be talking, you know, college basketball as well. You know, we, we don't talk about it a lot on this show, but we will talk about it on Twitter. Um, we're going to have a lot of great content coming your way, um, especially as spring football heats up and kind of some of these, these storylines get settled. Um, but for now, this has been the Big 12 Takeover. I'm Tyler Davis. This is Donnell Davis. Yes, we are cousins, and we will see you next time. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you all for tuning in.